Shalom to all. Today's daf is Yumadaf Pei Gimel. We are starting two lines from the top at the two dots. And today's daf is sponsored Le'ilu Nishmas, Maris, Miriam, Sarah, Bas, Rabbi Yaakov, Maisha, and Le'ilu Nishmas, Mark Rosenfeld, Rabbi Ram Achob, and Rabbi Hirsch Mordechai Akayin, their Nishamas should have an Aliyah. And the Mishnah had said, We have a sick person on Yom Kippur. If the doctors, the experts say that he needs to eat, we're going to give him food. However, the Mishnah continued. If there's no experts, then we're going to give him based off of his own evaluation. Now we have a halacha. If the sick person, the patient says he needs food, and the doctor says he does not need to eat. We listen to the sick person. My time, why is that? The Pasuk says, the heart knows the bitterness of its soul. He knows whether or not he needs to eat. The Gemara asks, Pshita, isn't that obvious? The Gemara answers, you might have thought, the doctor knows much better. He went to many years of schooling. He's the expert over here. So we're going to listen to the doctor. The is, we do not listen to the doctor. We do not listen to the expert. We listen to the patient. Another halacha from Rabbi Let's say the doctor says that he needs to eat, and the sick person says, I do not need to eat. We listen to the doctor. My time, why is that? We say it must be some sort of confusion or delirium has gripped the patient. Because of his sickness, he thinks he doesn't need to eat, but he really does need to eat, so we follow the doctor's opinion. And now we're going to ask a question from our Mishnah. Tanat the Mishnah had said, that we're going to feed a chayla based off of the opinion of experts. So first of all, in seems to be that we're going to follow experts, and we're not going to follow his opinion at all. We're not going to listen to the sick person. And second of all, in it seems to be from the Mishnah that we have to listen to two experts, minimum, and not to one expert. But Rabbi Yana had said that first of all, we're going to listen to the patient. Second of all, our Mishnah seems to say that we're only allowed to listen to the opinion of two experts. We need to have two doctors and not one doctor. Or as Rabbi Yana said, that we can even listen to one doctor. So the says, no problem. Asking, what are we talking about over here? The patient said, I do not need. And even though the patient said he does not need, nonetheless, we're going to listen to the doctors over him. So we ask, okay, so we should be able to listen to only one doctor. Why is it that we need to have two doctors overriding the patient and not one doctor? So Gemara answers, The patient has another expert supporting him, saying he does not need to eat. And therefore, if we have two experts saying that he does need to eat, we're going to listen to those experts. The Gemara continues asking, We're going to feed him based off of the opinion of experts. Pshita, isn't that obvious? This is a case of suffering nefashis. It's a matter of life and death. It's very possible this person might die. So of course we're going to give it to him because Safak Nefashis Lahakel, we always follow the lenient opinion when it comes to Safak Nefashis. The Gemara answers, He has two experts supporting him saying that he doesn't need to eat. He says he doesn't need to eat and they say that he doesn't need to eat and there's two experts saying that he does need to eat. And the Chiddush is, even though Rav Safra says, the two and a hundred is like the same thing. That's only when we're talking about testimony. If two people say it happened this way and a hundred people say it happened the other way, it doesn't make a difference. Two and a hundred, there's no difference. However, when we're dealing with an assessment or an evaluation of something, then we follow the majority opinion. And that's only when we're making an evaluation of something monetary. Two people say that this house is worth $100 and a hundred people say the house is worth $200. We're going to follow the majority opinion. But over here, it's Suffolk Nefashis. And therefore, even though the opinions that are saying that he needs to eat are the minority, it's two versus three. Nonetheless, we're going to follow their opinion because it's Suffolk Nefashis. Ask the Gemara. Hold on one second. The Seifa in the Mishnah says, If there are no experts, then we're going to follow his own evaluation and we're going to give him food based off of that. Mechlal then implies 
implies the ratio to Amar Tzarech, the ratio the Mishnah is talking about where he's saying that he does need food. How could we explain the Mishnah that he's saying that he doesn't need food and the experts are overriding his decision when it implies from the safe in the Mishnah that he's actually saying that he does need food? The Gemara says, you're right. We're actually missing something in the Mishnah and this is what should be written. When is it that we listen to the experts over him when he says, I do not need, but the experts say he does need? But let's say he says, I do need food. Let's say there are not two experts. There's only one, the Amr Loitzarch, that says that he does not need food. So it's him versus the doctor. Then we're going to give him food based off his own opinion. However, if there are two doctors contradicting him, so then we listen to the doctors and we do not listen to him. Now, Marbar Avashi Amar, he argues, and he's more mekel. He tells us, If this person says, I need food, even if there's a hundred experts saying he does not need food, we listen to him. Shinemar says in the Pasuk, the heart knows the bitterness of its soul. Tanan, our Mishnah said, If there's no experts, then we're going to give him based off his own opinion, so we can make a diok, time to like a bikin. That's because there aren't experts contradicting him. However, if there are experts saying that he does not need to eat, it seems to be that we would not listen to him, so it seems to be that Mar Bravashi isn't correct. The Gemara answers, no, this is what the Mishnah is saying. That's only when he says, I do not need food. But if he says, I do need food, that means we don't pay attention to any experts at all. And we're going to give him based off of his own evaluation, even though there's a hundred experts saying that he doesn't need to eat. Shanemarka says in the Pasuk, the heart knows the bitterness of its soul. Obviously, you have to ask your local Orthodox rabbi to determine whether or not you're allowed to eat on Yom Kippur. And the Mishnah continues, someone who was seized by Bolmes. Now, Bolmes is a very deathly sickness that starts out with a person being very hungry. And a way to know if a person has Bolmes is that their eyesight starts diminishing and they're really not able to see very well. So what do we do for this person? We're allowed to give him even Tommy foods until his eyesight is restored. Someone who's bitten by a mad or rabid dog. We're not allowed to feed him from its liver lobe. This was a classic thing the doctors used to give. They would kill that dog and take its liver lobe or whatever that is and feed the sick person. However, Rashi tells us this isn't a proven refuah. Therefore, we can't give him trephas for this. Rav Masim allows because he says it is proven to work. He also tells us, someone whose throat is hurting him, he has a problem in his throat, we're allowed to put medicine in his mouth on Shabbos, because it's suffering nefashas, it's perhaps a matter of life and death. And any time we have suffering nefashas, that's going to be Shabbos, it's going to push Shabbos away. And we have a similar case of suffering nefashas. We know that a building collapsed, and we think that someone's in that building. It's a suffix. It's even possible that he's not even in there. He might have left already. It's possible that he's alive, but it's possible that he's dead. He might even not be a Jew. He might be a non-Jew. We're going to clear away the rubble to try to save him. If they find that he's alive, so then they're going to continue clearing away the rubble. However, if they found that he's dead, then they leave it and they don't continue clearing away the rubble and the Gemara is going to discuss what exactly the Chiddush is. But now going back to Bomas. How do we know if his eyesight's been restored? So we say, when he's able to differentiate between a good dish and a bad dish, then we know that his eyesight's been restored. Amr Abai, he explains, this is dealing with taste. The Meiri actually tells us he loses all the senses, including a sense of taste. Sounds familiar. So now when he has a sense of taste back and he's able to taste the difference between a good dish and a bad dish, you know that he's better and there's no bulmas issues. And more about bulmas, Tan Rabbanon, Mishach Zubomas, someone who was seized by bulmas, Machion Hakal Hakal. We feed him the lighter of the two Yisurim. If the only foods that we have are Osir foods, 
we're going to give him the lighter of the two. Tevel and Nevela. Let's say he has Tevel, which a person is going to be chayv misabidei shomayim for eating, or we have Nevela, which a person would only be chayv malkas for eating, machinois and Nevela, so then we're going to give him the Nevela. What about Tevel Shvias? We have Tevel and we have also Shemitah food to eat. Shvias, we're going to give him the Shemitah food. That's because it's only an Isra say. Tevel Truma. What about if we have Tevel and Truma? So Tevel is an Isra misabidei shomayim if a person eats it, and Truma, a person can be chayv misabidei shomayim. So what do we feed him? Tevel or Truma? Tanahi, that's machlekas Tanahim. Tanahi, we have a brisa. Machilinois say Tevel, ve'ain machilinois say Truma. We're going to give him Tevel and not Truma. But Bentema Omer, he tells us Truma v'loy Tevel. We're going to give him the Truma and not Tevel. And Amar Rabba, he clarifies this machlekas. Hechad Efshe B'chulin, if it's possible to give him Chulin, the Kuliyamolei Pligi, everyone agrees to Misakinin and Lay that we're going to fix it up for him, Umisafin and Lay, and then we're going to give it to him. We have Chulin that didn't have the Truma taken off of it, so it's Tevel. So we're going to take this apple, we're going to cut a piece off for the Truma, and then we're going to give him the apple, and everything's going to be fine. Everyone agrees to that. It's not possible to give him only the chulin. We only have one apple, and he needs to eat the entire apple. So is it better to give him the apple as it is, even though it's tevel, or is it better to cut off a piece for truma, give him the chulin part of the apple, and then give him the truma part? Again, he needs to eat the entire apple. So Marsavar ben Tema holds tevel chamur, tevel is more chamur, or Marsavar truma chamura, and the Tanakama holds that truma is more chamur. Marsavar tevel chamur ben Tema holds that tevel is more chamur aval truma, but when we're dealing with truma, it is fit to be eaten by a kain. So even though the sick person is not a kain, nonetheless, the isser is not so strong because it could be eaten by someone. Umar Savar Truma Chamura. However, the Tanakam holds a Truma's Marchamur. Aval Tevel, Efshalat Kune, Tevel could be fixed up. So even though he's not fixing up the Tevel, nonetheless, since it has the potential to be fixed up and then anyone could eat it, therefore it's better to eat Tevel and not Truma. And now Pegim Lobez on the top, we're going to ask on Shitas Rabba, who had told us that if we have Chulin, everyone agrees, that's the Tanakama and Bentema, that we're going to give him Chulin and we're not going to give him Tevel. The Gemara asks Efshar Bechulin, everyone agrees that we're going to give him chul and pshita. Isn't that obvious? We answer, like tzricha b'shabbos. We're talking about on Shabbos and we know we're not allowed to take off chuma on Shabbos. And the chiddush is that everyone agrees that we're going to take off the chuma on Shabbos and give him the chul The Gemara asks, b'shabbos nami pshita. It's still obvious on Shabbos that we would do so because tiltum midrabanon who being metaltal something that's moks on Shabbos is only an iser drabanon. Eating tevel on Shabbos is going to be an iser dairaisa. Eating tevel is always an iser dairaisa. So also on Shabbos. But taking off chuma on Shabbos is only an iser drabanon. The reason why it's an iser tiltal is because the chuma is going to be mukta. So Therefore, at worst, what he's going to be doing is being metaltal mukta, which is an only iser drabanan. So, of course, everyone agrees that we should be over iser drabanan and not be over iser daraisa. So, the more answer is hachamai skin. What are we talking about over here? Baatzus she'enay nakov. Produce that was grown in a non-perforated flower pot, drabanan. That's only an iser drabanan of tevel. Something that was grown in a non-perforated flower pot, it's not considered like it was grown out of the ground. So, therefore, the chiyav to take of truma is only midrabanan, and therefore the iser of tevel is only midrabanan over here. And therefore, everyone would agree that if we are able to take of truma of this on. Shabbos, and the remainder is going to be sufficient for the sick person, that we're going to give him that to eat. And their whole machlekes is, if the remainder is not going to be sufficient, and they're going to have to eat the entire thing. So then, and the Gemara now suggests, let's say it's actually machlekes tonight. Someone who's bitten by a snake, currently, we're going to call him a doctor from one place to another, this is on Shabbos, even though he has to come from outside the Tchum. We're going to tear open a hen for him and put it on the wound, this also heals the wound. The guys in Lois Christian and we're actually going to cut leaks out of the ground for him, and then give them to him on Shabbos. The Ansar Chalaser, we do not even have to take off Meiser off of these leaks. Divi Rabbi, that's Rabbi's opinion. Rabbi Lazarus, Rabbi Shemin, he says, we're not allowed to give him until we take off Meiser from these leaks. So, name Rabbi Lazarus, Rabbi Shemin, he will Rabbi. Let's say Rabbi's opinion is like Rabbi Lazarus, Rabbi Shemin, and not like Rabbi. So, Gemara says, no, Afilu Tema Rabbi. It could even be like Rabbi, because Akan Lekam Rabbi Hasam. Over there, the only reason why Rabbi said that we do not have to take off Meiser off of the leaks is El Inyan Meiser Yarek. That's only because we're talking about Meiser of vegetables, drabanan. That's only an iser drabanan. Midday rice, there's no issue of tevel.
tevel with vegetables. Therefore, one seeing him eat these tevel leeks on Shabbos will never mistakenly eat tevel da'iraisa. Avil meiser dagon the tevel da'iraisa who, however, when we're dealing with meiser of grain, that's considered tevel da'iraisa. I feel Rebbe Maida, Rebbe would agree the isharis lay that if we permit him ba'atzus she'enenakov to eat produce that was grown in a non-perforated flower pot, asi lemecha ba'atzus shunakov, then he's going to end up eating something that was grown in a perforated flower pot, and that's going to be an iser da'iraisa. Meaning, in the case of the sick person on Shabbos, if we permit him to eat tevel grain, even though it's only tevel medrabanon because it was grown in a non-perforated pot, someone might mistakenly apply this hetcher to other tevel grain, which is tevel da'iraisa, and therefore Rebbe would agree even in that case. And back to bolmes tan rabanon mishachzu bolmes someone who's gripped by bolmes we're going to give him honey and all sorts of sweet things because honey and all sorts of sweet things brighten the eyesight of a person and even though we have no proof for it from the following Pasuk we have some sort of a hint to it now Shalom Melech went to go wage war with the Plishtim and he had made a nether that no one is allowed to eat anything that day however Yonasan his son did eat some honey and the Pasuk tells us Yonasan had said see my eyes have brightened because I tasted a little bit of this honey. The Gemara asks, So what does that mean that there's no proof for it from this Pasuk? The Pasuk says very clearly, if you eat honey, your eyes are going to be brightened. The Gemara answers, That's because he didn't have bomas, so there's no proof that if a person has bomas, honey is going to be beneficial for him. These sweet things are only beneficial after a person eats a regular meal. But if a person eats sweet things before their meal, it's actually going to make him even more hungry. The Chesavit says in the Pasuk, and they found this Egyptian man in the field. They brought him to David. They gave him bread. And he ate. And they gave him water to drink. And then they gave him a cake of pressed figs. And two clusters of raisins. And he ate. And his spirit was restored to him. That's because he didn't eat bread or drink water for three nights and three days. So we see that only after he ate and drank, then these sweet things were beneficial for him. And Amar of Nachman Amar someone who's gripped by bolmes, we're going to give him a sheep's tail in honey. This is very fatty meat with honey. He says, even fine white flour in honey. And Rav Papa Amar, he says, even barley flour in honey is beneficial. And Amar Biechanan, he tells us, one time bolmes gripped me, and I ran to the eastern part of a fig tree and I ate its fruit, and I fulfilled it in myself. Wisdom preserves the life of the one that has it. Have taught, if someone wants to taste the tastiest and the best figs, he should go towards the eastern part of the tree. Shinamar says in the Pasuk, and from the delicacies of the sun's fruits, which means the sweetest, the most tastiest fruits are the ones that the sun shined on the most, and that is from the beginning of the day until midday, and the sun shines in the east. So therefore, go to the east part of the tree, and that's where the best fruits are from. And another story about Bomas. Rabbi Yehuda, 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 Rabbi Yehuda was gripped by Bolmas. He went to a shepherd, he cleaned him out, he took all of his bread and he ate it, and thereby he saved himself. Rabbi told him, You cleaned out that shepherd, he doesn't have any food. Now, once they got to the city, Rabbi was gripped by Bolmas. The entire city brought out jars of honey and plates of food. Rabbi Huda told him, I might have cleaned out that shepherd, but you cleaned out the entire city, everyone had to wait on you hand and foot, giving you all this food to make sure that you'd be healthy. And Vesu, Rabmei, Rabhud, Rabyesi, Havakazi Burcha, Rabmei, Rabhud, and Rabyesi, they were going along the way. So previous story was with Rabyhud and Rabyesi. Now we have Rabmeir along with them. Now Rabmeir Havadaik Bishma. Rabmeir was always very careful with what a person's name was. Rabhud Rabyesi, Lai Havadaiki Bishma, they weren't really 
careful with what a person's name was. When they came to a certain place, they asked around for who can host them. It was given to them, meaning they went to a person's house and asked if he could host them. He was like an innkeeper of sorts. They asked him, what's your name? He told them, Kidar. His name was Kidar. So Amar, a mayor, said to himself, I see from here Adam Rashahu that he's a wicked person. Shinamar, it says in the Pasuk, Kidar because they're an upside down generation. So his name was Kidar, and we have this Pasuk of Kidar. So I got to be careful of this fellow. They gave him their purses of money. It was Erev Shabbos, and they had no place to put it. Rav Meir, he did not deposit his purse by this man. So Rav Meir went and he put it on the gravestone of this person's father, meaning of their host's father. That night, Friday night, his father appeared to him in a dream and he told his son, Go take the money purse that's resting on the head of that person, meaning it's resting on my head, it's on my gravestone. Now, the next day, Shabbos morning, the host told them, This is what I saw in my dream. So Amrile, they told him, Something you dream about Friday night, you don't have to pay attention to it. Now, Rav Meir heard that he dreamed that his father told him that his purse is on his headstone, so therefore Rav Meir quickly went, he went and watched over his purse the entire day, and Matzah Shabbos, he went and he took his purse. Now, the next morning, so Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Huda told their host, give us our money. He told them, such a thing never happened, you never gave me money. Rav Meir told them, why don't you pay attention to a person's name? So Amrulay, they asked him, why didn't you tell us that we should pay attention to it? So Amrulay told him, I say that you have to suspect that a person's name is indicative of what type of person they are. But However, did I say that he's for sure a wicked person? Therefore, I didn't tell you that he was wicked. I didn't know for sure, but you always have to suspect. Now, what ended up happening at the end of this story? They took their host, they brought him to the store, meaning they brought him to the inn, and they gave him a whole bunch of wine to drink. And they saw he had lentils on his mustache. He hadn't wiped his mustache after eating. So they went and they gave this sign to his wife. They said, your husband told us to give us our purses. And the proof is that he ate lentils this morning. They took their purses back and they brought it back to the man saying, see, we got our money back. He went and he killed his wife. And this is what's taught in Nebraisa. Because of washing your hands before a meal, someone was fed he was fed pig and because of someone was killed so first of all is the story that we just had since this person didn't wash and when a person washes they're supposed to wipe their beard and their mustache and he didn't do that so because of that they knew what he ate they got their purses back and he got so upset he killed his wife now what's this first story so the first story is that there was an innkeeper that fed kosher to his Jewish customers and trafed to his non-Jewish ones and a fellow walked in and started eating without washing so the innkeeper gave him chazer because he thought he was a non-Jew so we see because of Maimri Shainim because of not washing before a meal a person ended up eating Chazer now back to our story Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Yaisi they started paying attention to people's names and Kimatu Lahu Bala when they got to a person's house he was going to be their host and his name was Bala they didn't go into his house and they found a different host Amri they said we see from here that he's a Rasha Tachsivit says in the Pasuk and I said of this one who has become worn out of adulteries so this person's name was Bala that has to do with Ni'ufim a person who's adulterous and we don't want to be anywhere near him he's a Russia and therefore they did not go into his house we're going to stop here for the day pick up tomorrow with talking about someone who was bit by a rabid dog and what to do but for now everyone should have a wonderful day